Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and I'm the creator of the show Moms Don't Have Time to Move and Shake because none of us have time to exercise and work out. And me, I'm probably shaking a little bit more than I wish I were. This is going to be a community-hosted podcast, not by me, but by a collection of women all over the country who are going to share their stories, struggles, and solutions, some with their own guests on their episodes, some without. Each one will be a wonderful sampler of a story that you can relate to or that might help you. And I hope that you all enjoy it. Moms don't have time to move and shake. Get moving. Hello, my dear moms. I am so thrilled to be here talking to you today. My name is Jessie Asia Kanzer, a longtime fan of Zibby Owens and moms don't have time, dot, 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 because what do we have time for sometimes, right? Some days are like that. And um, I've just been a big fan of this community and of the spotlight to all of the issues that we face that Zibi has given, because these issues often make us feel incredibly alone. And by creating a community, by sharing our stories, we realize that in fact, we're all in this together. We're all struggling in some ways and we can learn from each other's struggles. That's what self-actualization is in my opinion, and in the opinion of uh, of positive psychologists, in fact, the idea that once you learn to better your own life, you are eager to share that information with others. That's, in fact, what makes us human and what calls us to the self-actualization that is the sharing of everything we've learned. And so today, I am here to share with you what I have learned in my own struggles with food, in my own struggles to fit certain kind of boxes that society has deemed better than others for us women, and to relax a little bit with you together into the flow of life. First off, to introduce myself, I am a spiritual searcher and a spiritual teacher. You know, there's no one identity that can describe us all holy. But for me, my spirit rather than my body has become the place where I dwell most often. And it was in fact my struggles and specifically the acute struggle of an eating disorder that lasted a decade. That is the struggle that brought me to my knees, but also to my spiritual awakening. And I think that we all face a quote unquote eating disorder in one form or or another because of what we ingest in our society and what we accept as the truth. When that truth, the one that is external, doesn't coincide with the one deep within us, we're in trouble. And so my name is Jesse. I was born in the former Soviet Union in Riga, Latvia as Asia. My mom is from Latvia. My dad is from Ukraine which of course has revisited me as my backstory a lot lately. But as young Asya, uh, who was a refugee that waited for permission to enter America, I went through a journey, of course, went through a journey of living in different countries in Europe and waiting for permission to start our lives anew in the U.S. And so here I came to America eight years old. Now, I'm a child coming from the former Soviet Union behind the Iron Curtain 
where choices were few, where the shelves in the supermarket were barely stocked, most of them empty. And I liken it often to coming from a black and white world to technicolor. And I'm not trying to make you feel bad for myself because I don't feel bad for me. It's just a different reality. It was a very closed off, a limited reality, but it's all I knew as a kid. And the choice in America was very overwhelming for me. And here's a little hint. The eating disorder I, I later developed was bulimia. And it's a binging disorder. And it's the inability to choose, to choose what to eat, to choose what to put inside of me and to want it all. <laughs> that was part of my issue. But so I came to America. I was not easily accepted here. I was bullied quite a bit actually in school because listen, it was... Uh, on the heels of the Cold War that I came. And we all know that America and Russia did not get along, do not get along. Now, kids don't understand the nuances of, actually, I was a refugee from the Soviet Union. I was a Jew in Latvia. It's a Jew on our passports, in fact. And my family really struggled. First of all, I come from Holocaust survivors. Then there were just systemic anti-Semitism within the Soviet Union that my family dealt with. And so I came here as a refugee, but I was branded Russian because that's the language I spoke. And I was isolated as this Russian other. And often that's the human nature at our base, right? Before we before we expand into our oneness, our nature is to other one another, right? To see the others versus the me. So I was othered. I was bullied. And this, of course, does not help a developing young woman. And eventually, though, I blossomed. I blossomed as a teenager and I got the boobs and I got the attention. And that attention was awesome and also overwhelming. And around that time, as I became a teenager, as I was becoming a woman, I started to limit my food intake. I started to feel uncomfortable with the body that was growing. And I started to limit my calorie intake. And I became obsessive around food, obsessive with the calories that I took in, obsessive with how much exercise I did. And, you know, I talk nowadays, I talk about eating disorder awareness. I always say, like, one of the alarm bells for parents or for loved ones, one of the alarm bells is when you start getting really obsessive around food, around which kind of food you eat, how much you eat, how much you have to exercise based on the food. The more rituals that you develop around food, the more there's an unhealthy pattern brewing there. And so that's what happened for me until eventually I could not resist food with its life and its colors and its smells anymore. And I started to gorge myself. And that was the beginning of my bulimia, which lasted a good 10 years on and off some, some years, depending, I guess, on the presence of a boyfriend or not and how I felt about myself. But it got pretty bad. And in into my 20s, was, I was still struggling. I graduated college, still bulimic, keeping it all together on the outside, you know, really... I would dress to the nines back then. I went to school in, in New York City, in NYU, and I got the perfect grades, and I was this perfect immigrant child attending business school, even though I was not into business, but that's what was deemed 
efficient and uh, practical. And so that's what I did. And anyway, I had this perfect exterior and a really messed up interior. And I was binging and purging a couple of times a day, sometimes less depending, you know, but it was a struggle that I couldn't overcome. I couldn't see the light. I couldn't understand how this thing, food, could have so much power over me because I couldn't stop eating it to the point where, well, you know what? I will read you a little piece from my book because I'm also an author and I wrote a book recently called Don't Just Sit There, Do Nothing, Healing, Chilling, and Living with the Tao Te Ching. The Tao Te Ching being an ancient philosophy that helped rescue me, helped me actually rescue myself. So this Tao Te Ching, this ancient Eastern philosophy that teaches us to slow down and to look within and to come from that place when we're dealing with our problems, that's what ultimately saved me. And also, also a car accident. So I graduated college. I was bulimic, got into a major car crash like the day after. And this car crash stopped me in my tracks and I had a bad concussion. I had to rest a lot. Now, The interesting thing is bulimia is the opposite of doing nothing, the opposite of staying still. Because when I got uncomfortable emotions, when I was overwhelmed with the amount of work I had to do, I would binge my emotions and then purge them, right? So all of a sudden, bad concussion, try to keep up with the bulimia, pretty hard to do when your body is a mess and you have a cut that's stitched up, that's covering half your eye and et cetera. So there I was reaching for my Tao Te Ching that I recently had picked up and started reading from 6th century BC China is where it originated, this philosophy, and it translates as the book of the way. And so slowly I began finding my way out of my depth, my depth of despair. And, you know, I did, I found my way and my way was through a very interesting spiritual journey. But of course, life doesn't stay still and we are not forever more without problems. And life continued for me. I was a struggling actress and I had to eventually drop that pursuit and I got married uh, happily and I ended up with two beautiful baby girls. And there, there I was, this mother of two daughters. And I realized I still had some of my issues around my body and my external presentation. And now I have been handed two girls by the universe and I better figure this stuff out or at least keep trying. And so here I am trying, always trying, always continuing to figure out why we struggle the way we struggle and how could we not pass on our traumas and our self-hating conditioning to our daughters, right? Because that is always our goal, to do better in the future for ourselves and for future generations. So what I've realized over time, as someone who's dealt for many years with an eating disorder, but also depression and anxiety. So yes, disordered eating is one, but anxiety and depression and self-contempt are also things that a lot of us experience. A lot of us sensitive women and mothers experience this. And God, it's so unfair. Why can't we just love ourselves, right? And so what I've realized is the eating disorder is not the eating disorder. And in fact, the weight is not the weight. I want you to take that in if it's something you struggle with. The weight is not the weight. 
I have a friend who went through a lot in her marriage who decided to do a mommy makeover. And listen, I support anything that helps you feel as your best self. But what I've realized is when you come externally at things, the internal angst remains. And so she did what she needed, she felt that she needed to do. And she had, you know, tummy tuck and liposuction, et cetera. And she carried this extra weight for many years from her kids. But without dealing with the pain that lived internally, after the months of these procedures that take a lot of time to heal, eventually the weight came back and it started to creep back in. And that's, I had like a light bulb moment when I realized, and compassionately, I'm saying this compassionately, but the realization here is the weight is not the weight. So the problems that we put on our external form that we decide, oh, I'll be happy when I lose that extra 20 pounds. Or, you know, if I only eat non-carbs for the next six weeks, I'll get to where I want to go. Or if I get up at five every morning and run this many miles and cut off food by 5 p.m., I will get to where I want to be. None of those are bad in and of themselves, but they are not the solutions. So let's get into the solutions, okay? And before we get into the solutions, I'm going to read a quick piece from my book, Don't Just Sit There, Do Nothing, about dealing with my eating disorder. Because I feel that even though not all of us were bulimic or anorexic, we all have suffered from some disordered eating or disordered ideas of our body image because I've seen, I've watched my girlfriends and I'm a lover of women and of girls and of friends. I'm such a girl's girl and I've watched so many of us struggle. And so I think some of this will ring true for you. For 10 years of my life, I was bulimic. I gorged myself until my stomach distended like a balloon and then I puked it all up like the possessed little girl in The Exorcist or like Princess Diana as the crown reminded us. I can't tell you how many hours of my existence I spent overfilling my cup and then expunging it, how many pounds of food I wasted. It it is shameful. I've been well over 15 years and I still carry the shame. Though if I'm honest... I also get a thrill remembering how insatiable I once was. Did I ever tell you I used to eat a dozen donuts for breakfast and then throw them all up? I asked my husband Adam once. Uh, what? A whole dozen, he balked. I'm five foot two and used to curl up in my daughter's cribs. Yes, I said, and then a supersized meal from Burger King? That's insane, he said. I know, right? I exclaimed in triumph. Insane. I get perverse pleasure from recalling the extent of my gluttony. It is easier to paint a caricature of myself, this small girl gobbling up huge quantities of food, than it is to talk about the pain. It was easier to be that caricature, in fact. The one who would sit in class thinking of what she would binge on on her way home, than to be a complex person with nondescript trauma who actually let herself feel what she felt. Still, I'm not sorry for having been sick in the head once. I will never forget praying to a nebulous God on the cold bathroom floor. From my brokenness, I searched for healing. That was its purpose. I found my way, my Tao, in this search. If you are listening to these words, whether you are shattered or whole, 
the Tao is reaching for you as well. Let it. And so the Tao, a reminder here, is the Tao is the way. The Tao is this understanding of the way, the way of life, the flow of life. And for me, a lot of these eating issues, these body image issues, a lot of it was about resisting the flow, resisting the flow, right? When I went from child to woman, resisting the flow of all those extra pounds that come with pregnancy and the time it takes for those pounds to leave, right? It's not instantaneous and maybe some of them will remain. And it's the flow of acceptance of yourself, of ourselves exactly as we are. So I'm going to offer you a few questions, a few meditative questions. I I like to do uh, meditations in my workshops, but I'm not going to do that now in case you're driving or walking or maybe folding laundry or doing whatever it is that we do when we listen to podcasts. I'm just going to ask you some meditation-ish questions. What if you let go of your physical idea of yourself for just this minute? So, right, like whatever idea you have, like ah, for me, I'm petite. I think of myself that way. I'm 5'2", um, or short if I'm being unkind. And, but I'm, you know, I'm little, I exercise a lot. I don't eat that much these days. So I'm little, I'm short, I'm little, I don't take much space, but I talk a lot, et cetera, et cetera. So I have this idea of myself. Whatever idea of yourself you have as a physical being, just drop it for a second. Boom, dropped, right? Who are you without your bodily form, without your attachment? to your bodily form. Who are you? If weight didn't matter, if body size didn't matter, if you just let that attachment go, how free are you without the constraints of physical boxes, size, weight, body goals? How free are you without all those? And then you check in with yourself. Now, these are questions. This is an inquiry you can repeat with yourself daily. You ask yourself, what does my spirit want? What kind of vehicle, because our bodies are vehicles for our spirits, right? What kind of vehicle does my spirit deserve? How do I nourish this vehicle? Your body, first and foremost, forget what it's perceived as by others. Forget what you think it should be, what size, what shape, etc. Forget all that. Your body is the vehicle for your soul. It is important not because of some vain attribution that we as a society have put on the body. It is important because that's all you've got to live in here on earth. So let's break down the needs of this vehicle of ours, the real needs, not the needs that tell us this is the weight I need to see on my my scale, or this is the shape that my thighs should be, or et cetera, et cetera. Forget all that. And let's ask ourselves, What does my body, the vehicle for my soul, what does this body need? Number one, our bodies need fuel. Fuel, food that is both nutritious and sometimes just a treat for our existence. Because you know what? A soul without a body cannot enjoy chocolate. So yes, you get to enjoy chocolate sometimes or whatever it is that you want to enjoy because That is what your body, what your physical form, that is part of the reason it exists because your soul on its own can taste chocolate. So 
feel then is divided into the nutritional aspects, the nutritional needs that our body, the vehicle, needs for its survival and for its thriving, right? You want a thriving body that can really take you to the places and the people and the goals that you have for yourself. So fuel, which is a mix of both nutritious food and treats for a bodily form that gets to enjoy them. And you divide that however you see fit. You ask yourself what you need most. Maybe you've been exercising really hard and you need a couple of days of nutrition, yes, but also more treats than usual. You get to decide that. There's no diet that is the diet for everyone. You get to check in with yourself, with your intuition, with your inner voice, and you get to decide for yourself. Now, the other thing our body needs is movement, right? Our, our vehicle needs movement. It needs to feel itself. It needs to feel its aliveness, whether it's via walking or jogging or yoga or a living room dance party, because for us moms, that's, that's also movement and it's fun and it's okay. And that's your exercise today. Then enjoy it fully. Also, our body needs pleasure, right? Pleasurable movement, sex, stretching, basking, just basking in the sun or in the smell of the wind. It needs stillness to feel itself. Don't forget all those pleasurable things. They're necessities just as much as that exercise routine. Then your body needs rest and rejuvenation. So don't push it like crazy. Take time to do nothing as my book is called because I think it's such an important reminder these days. Take time to do nothing, to lay there as you think of thoughts or meditate, and to sleep. Give yourself enough time to sleep. And of course, we're not able to do that every night. You know, we have a lot going on. We're moms, but make sleep a priority, not any less so than you make exercise. And then finally, your body needs to know that you love it. It's time to recondition the self-criticism that a lot of us were raised with. It's time to recondition that. Your body needs to feel love from your soul. It needs to feel respect for being the great vehicle, the great vehicle that brought human beings into the world. Your body needs love to know that you appreciate everything that's done for you in your life. Because listen, a channeler, I love this. This is, you know, like I said, I'm a spiritual searcher and teacher, and this is what takes up the bulk of my existence outside of kids. And so this channeler, this person who channels higher intelligence, when he was channeling, he said something so profound, and I've kept that. I've kept that in kind of repeating it to myself daily as a reminder. What you love loves you back, but what you damn damns you back. That's just the law, right? Like a gravitational pull is just the law. It's neither bad nor good. What you love loves you back. What you damn damns you back. Stop damning your body. Stop damning yourself. Let us stop damning anything, anything about ourselves, even if it's not the way we want it to be. You know, listen, maybe people aren't all meant to be thin. 
I, I happen to be on the thin side. I, you know, if I'm not being uh, bulimic, just a regular person, I'm on the thin side. But you know what? My whole life, I wanted luscious hair, and that's just not my hair. I have very fine, very thin hair, doesn't grow very long. That's just the hair I've been handed. And I work on reframing how I view it, right? Versus hating it and damning it. Can I love it for what it is? My physical form with all its imperfections, you know, veins that pop out where I wish they wouldn't, and I'm not going to go through all the details of the imperfections of my body, but our bodies aren't perfect, but they're ours. And when we love them properly, when we create for ourselves the healthy lives that we deserve, then our bodies and our lives love us back. And so with that intention, with the intention for all of us to love ourselves, I will end my conversation with you today. And I wish you much, much, much self-love because you deserve it. Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Move and Shake. Get moving.